0: hey what's good what's going on everybody you already know who this is it's your favorite sofa child yeah yeah sure coming back to you once again here at the pg podcast that's positive energy generation because we that for life we're choosing the positivity through all this goddamn negative that's going on in this world because we know life be life in your yeah. life be life and so while we get an opportunity to come in to uplift each other vibes to inspire one another to encourage one another. I want to tell you one thing. I want you to, right now, I want you to follow, become a part of the community if you haven't. I want you to share with friends so we can continue to make great positive content such as this and to continue to get better at our craft. Okay? All right. So, moving forward to Season 5, we know that we dedicate Season 5 to the ones that have been affected by the incarceration system, the, the the judicial system, the one that has been um been through it, you know, the families that have been through it, the ones that had a loved one that have been through it, a friend, you know, and the ones that knows nothing about it, that knows a little bit about it, but they need some education about it so we don't never go there, okay? So we're going to dive in, and like I said, we dedicate this season, season five, to you all. All right, so as we push forward, last episode was episode 11. And we led with Prison is No Place for Women and Girls by Topeka K. Sims. And then we had some high vibrations, all right, from J. Cole and Simno. And it was called 90 Proof. So go ahead. And then J. Cole gave us some wise advice about following your path. So you don't want to miss it. Then we had some really good advice from Jay-Z on getting rich and he says getting rich is super easy but i mean is wealth really super easy or is rich getting super easy i don't know but i do got the expert to come give you some more advice about it so go check out jay-z and then while you get some vibes with that make sure you go ahead and go and get some high vibration vibes with kendra lamar and sir with hair down Yeah, it's all about the vibes. And it's all about inspiring you so you can inspire me so we can lift each other up. Okay, I told you, life be life. All right. And then we're going to have the late, great Nipsey Hussle to come and talk some wisdom on how to grow your mindset and achieve your dreams. Because we know that we can manifest our dreams every day. But can we achieve them? Go check it out. Then we have some more high vibrations, some more uh, vibes, some more good tunes with uh jadina and don't 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 try to beat me up because i can't pronounce it but jadina by bambi all right well i said bambi by jadina i, I was backwards but jadina and jadina go share the, the vibes of bambi okay then we're gonna have my my, my man the one and only bob proctor We'll just let it go. Sometimes we just got to let it go, okay? And then we're going to wrap some more of these vibrations up with morning affirmations to attract positive opportunities and people by Wilted Medley. And we had to go get some prayer. And it was just a simple prayer to God by the universe talk, okay? So that was season 11. Make sure you guys go tap in once again. Share with a friend. And let's dive into what uh, season 5 episode 12 have. All right, so in this episode, I want you guys to join us for an insightful and diverse episode on our upcoming season five, all right? Like I said, you don't want to miss it. We explore pressing issues with uh, Michelle Goodwin discussing women and mass incarceration, followed by a powerful musical collaboration uh, we got with Scared Money by Stanley and, and it's featuring my boy Kevin Durant. Yeah, the basketball player, Kevin Durant oh yeah the man that's gonna take you to the pink him he has some vibes going on so make sure you guys go check it out and then we reflect on self-worth with you are worthy by the reflections of life all right the reflections of life you are worthy and you are and then we groove on down to the beats of waiting too long by hippie sabotage okay and you know i'm a goofy person and I like to laugh and I love to share laughter with you guys. So I had the great comedian TK Kirkland that to bring laughter with men are new women. All right. Men are new women. What do you mean by that, bruh? Y'all y'all gonna let him talk to y'all like that, man? What do you mean by that? Come on, check it out. See what he mean by that. And while I got my boy K. Kirk, uh, excuse me, TK Kirkland, um, stirring up all that chaos. Go ahead. We're going to let Uncle Reese share his track lost count all right and finally we're gonna embrace positivity with positive change is coming your way by great meditation so don't miss this dynamic lineup. you heard me i'm trying to tell you we're gonna uplift them vibes we're gonna inspire you and you're gonna inspire me and i'm gonna inspire you and you're gonna inspire somebody else and these listeners and these artists is gonna inspire everybody and the, the circle gonna keep going with what you get out what you put out what you put out what you get out you feel me if you don't Feel me, you smell me, and if you smell me, I might smell good. You feel me? All right, but that's all I got for y'all. You feel me? That was uh, season five, episode 12. Come dive in it with us right now here at the PEG podcast, man. And before you go, go check out www.pegstyle.com, get you some affirmation merch to dive in with the environment, continue to inspire yourself by looking in the mirror of your reflection. All right, yeah. All right, let's get it, man. I gotta go. I, I said too much already. Let's dive into episode 12. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, come on. Incarceration
1: hurts at a place that's hard to touch, at a place that's difficult to reach. Those are not my words, but those of Susan Burton. Susan, a mom, lost her five-year-old son due to an accident in front of their home. A truck hit him. That led to a spiraling depression for her, and that would be understandable for any mother, father, grandparents, or siblings. It resulted in Susan self-medicating, first with cocaine and then with crack. At no point in her journey was she provided any kind of psychological counseling any kind of response to her grief through medicine, through psychology, none of that. But instead, she found herself in and out of prison for possession, not because she was selling drugs, but because she was self-medicating, trying to find a way to deal with her pain. Her situation's not unusual. Two-thirds of... The women who happen to be incarcerated in the United States are nonviolent offenders. The overwhelming majority of these women are in jail due to drug-related crimes. It brings to mind a poem for me written by Paul Lawrence Dunbar that is often attributed to Maya Angelou. And a little bit of it goes like this. I know why the caged bird beats his wing until his blood is red on the cruel bars because he must fly back to his perch and cling when fain he would be on a bow a swing and a pain still throbs in those old, old scars and it pulses with a keener sting. I know why the caged bird and we can use this, beats her wing. The United States incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. In fact, you could say we incarcerate off the map, off the chart. Much of what we know about mass incarceration is dominated by this view. We think of it in the context of men. Women and girls happen to be invisible. They are the collateral damage of our failed drug war, our war on crime. And even when the most compelling advocates for criminal justice reform exercise their voices in recent years to elevate the discourse on mass incarceration. And I'm talking about former Attorney General Eric Holder and then President Obama. When both made compelling speeches about mass incarceration, Attorney General Eric Holder before the American Bar Association, and then a couple years later, President Obama before the NAACP, both spoke in such heartfelt ways about the mistakes that we've made in mass incarceration, the racial implications, the high costs. But in both speeches, they referenced only men. They forgot about women. But if you look here, you will see that we need to be equally concerned about women and mass incarceration. In his lifetime, an African-American male stands a chance of one in three of possible incarceration, criminal punishment. For African-American women, it's one in 18, now let that sit with us, and even more compelling The United States incarcerates more women than any other country in the world, more than Russia, more than China, India, Thailand, Mexico combined. The US has only 5% of the world's population but incarcerates 25%, right? 25% of those who happen to be incarcerated globally are here in the United States. Now, what is it that we need to do about this? Well, part of this is that we need to recognize what this is and why it's happened and the impacts. My colleague, Kristen Turney, who teaches at UCI in the sociology department, reminds us, she informs us, that for children of an incarcerated parent, they fare worse than a child who's experienced a parent's death. They fare worse psychologically and they fare worse physically. This has become such a problem that even Sesame Street has tried to address it. They have a Muppet now named Alex, and Alex is a Muppet that has a parent incarcerated. And why has Sesame Street done this? Because they realize the collateral consequences of the way in which we've incarcerated in the United States. Of the more than 67 million people who have some form of a record, a criminal record in the United States, they face about 45,000 collateral consequences, making it very difficult for re-entry. But we make it very difficult for their children. Now, this story has the impacts that directly tie into women's lives. In the 1980s, as we were launching our war on drugs, There was specific attention targeted at black women and at Latina women. And it was this narrative of the crack mom and that this crack mom would produce children who would ravage society. They would be the worst students in our schools. In fact, schools would not be able to educate them. It was said that they would have brains that were born too small, that they would have organs that wouldn't function correctly, that they would have abnormal genitalia. This was the narrative. But what Dr. Hallam Hurt at the University of Pennsylvania knew and Dr. Claire Coles at Emory knew because they had been doing longitudinal studies in these areas, and not just on cocaine and crack, but also alcohol, tobacco, et cetera, was that we were demonizing whole classes of women, and the data that was being reported was not accurate. The New York Times came to this understanding a few years ago, and online has a video now where they revisit the crack mom epidemic that wasn't, as they say. But many lives were hurt along the way. Between 1977 and 2007, the rate of incarceration for women rose over 800% in the United States. A part of this was also the way in which economically we looked at poor women, women like Susan Burton, women who did not have health insurance. These women were considered the dregs of society. At the same time that the narrative about the crack mom was all on the news, so was a narrative about the welfare queen. That is, these women who somehow wrecked our economy, that they were responsible for our economic woes And in fact, they weren't, but they were very convenient scapegoats. So much so that the scapegoating and stereotyping suggested that they would be the worst mothers ever. And this kind of narrative continued with billboards placed around the country, and here one even recently, right? The notion that the worst place in the world for a black child happens to be in her mother's womb. And this rate of incarceration is not just in state-run prisons or federal, but also privately-run prisons. And it's worth noting, too, as Susan Burton has done in a book that she's written, about how it feels like being a slave, being incarcerated in the United States. What many people don't realize is how much work is done behind prison bars, and such little pay. In California, our wildfires are often put out by women who happen to be incarcerated with very limited training and very paltry wages. But this is a problem that we need to pay attention to across the country and we've incarcerated so much that we can no longer afford to put more people in jail because our prisons are overcrowded, leading to horrific conditions within Susan Burton, whom I've referenced, this is the cover of her book. And I wanna take us through this narrative. In the last 40 years, we've spent $1.5 trillion on our failed drug war. We've spent $450 billion jailing drug offenders, 215 billion in an overburdened judiciary. And then we have tens of millions of dollars in other costs. And here's the grand result. Have we won? Have we resolved our drug war? Have we provided the treatments for people that we need? Or have we failed? And I think many realize now. That in fact we have failed. But there are so many lives that have been impacted by this. It's a public health crisis now, mass incarceration, medical neglect that occurs behind bars is absolutely stunning. You see in this image a person named Sue Ellen Allen, and she started an organization called Genus Team. Now, Sue Ellen was a debutante in Texas. She grew up in a very wealthy family. By the time she was three, she had traveled to Venezuela. By the time she was five, she was at the Louvre. She had been in Paris and Rome, all around the world. But she ended up incarcerated. Before she was incarcerated, though, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And for a good reason for her life, that she was diagnosed before going in, because once she was in prison, she realized the care that she would not receive. As she describes in her memoir, she was taken to get, as she described it, her breast chopped off in shackles and chains, and she was shackled during the process. She was left in a holding cell with roaches and rats while waiting for this surgery. She founded this organization called Gina's Team. And you might think, well, she would have started it called Sue Ellen's Team, but she didn't. Gina was her 25-year-old cellmate. And when Gina was complaining of having these incredibly painful headaches, and that when she chewed it felt like she was chewing on ice, Sue Ellen begged that a thermometer could be given to her because she had such a high fever. But none came. Other women begged for the same. They were threatened with solitary confinement. Now, they were incarcerated in Arizona. And in Arizona, there's a special kind of way of punishing someone with solitary confinement. It can be putting them out in the yard where the temperatures are over 100 degrees. There are women who have literally fried in the middle of the fields. By the time a thermometer was given to Gina, She lapsed into a coma, and she died three days later. That's why the organization is called Gina's Team. I was giving a talk just a couple years ago, and I got a call from Sue Ellen in the middle of the night, and she said, I'm so sorry, Michelle, to be calling you at 2 in the morning, but I just didn't know what to do, and I said, Sue Ellen, what's wrong? And she said, Michelle, Gina's oldest daughter just shot herself in the head tonight. These are the collateral consequences that I'm talking about. It used to be a time in which having a child behind bars, bringing the child into jail, was seen as a punishment. But now we incarcerate so many women that it is now a reward, an award for good behavior that their children get to grow up in prison behind bars. The costs of this are extreme. It costs more in New Jersey to incarcerate a person than it does to send them to Princeton. We know that rehabilitation works, but we also know that prison doesn't. And what does this mean for African-American children? They are nine times more likely than their white counterparts to have a parent in jail. And think about the psychological tolls in that regard. Life behind bars comes with enormous collateral consequences. And those consequences impact children's lives. And I want to turn to that before I close with you today. For parents who go behind bars who are incarcerated, their children often end up in foster care. And many people think of foster care as a place in which children may very likely get adopted, but we know, in fact, they don't. And many of them do not actually live in foster homes. A number of children, thousands in the United States, who have parents that are incarcerated, live in group homes or they live in shelters. And for those who end up aging out of foster care, which is the overwhelming majority of the kids who end up in foster care, of the young men, 80% will have been arrested, 60% convicted. For girls, so many, 75% age out pregnant, a quarter of them who will be homeless. And if you wanna think about whether any of this has been successful in the lives of those children, realize that only 6% of those who age out of foster care have a two- or four-year degree. When Susan Burton says that incarceration hurts at a place that is difficult to touch, a place that is difficult to reach, this is what she's talking about. And let's think about this. If you had a cell phone that failed 40% of the times in which you turned it on, or a laptop that failed 40% of the time that you turned it on, or a very expensive car that wouldn't start at least four out of the 10 times in which you turned on. This is a conservative statistic, right? The rate of recidivism is somewhere between 40 to 60%. But if it failed that often, those things that you use, you would say it's broken. Right? We need to fix it. And that's true of mass incarceration. It's a broken system. And it's a system that's well worth our energy to fix. Thank you so much.
2: Scared money. I had no one to put up the bread for me. It's hot on the block, still milk and change from it. If it ain't about to guap, I stay away from it. I ain't a stoner, but I smoke a little bit. Relieve the stress when I roll up the spliff. We've been the corners from whenever the wind. Spin the block, then we add it again. The hustle don't stop, it's round the clock here. When it comes to getting paper, we denounce fear. I know that's a big word for every cavalier. Big wheels on the curb, we park it right there. Spark the tree in front of NYPD. It's legal now, fuck they gon' do to me. On my hip, a one to three, I ain't risking my life. Plotting and scheming, these cowboys wishing to hide. I'm outside, middle of summer, chains sparking like the 4th of July. Parking lot look like the DuPont. A fortunate guy, my fortune the size of Scrooge McDuck. I'm swimming in women, I'm lapping it up like the girls in the back of the rose race truck the money that was made couldn't be scared money i had no one to put up the bread for me it's hot on the block still milking change from it if it ain't about the guap i stay away from it i ain't a stoner but i smoke a little bit relieve the stress when i roll up the spliff We've been the corners from whenever the wind spin the block then we at it again hey yo look Rest in peace to Barbara Davis, we hit another layer When she speak to me, it's like she's saying prayers I feel like Randy Moss when well, he was on the Raiders Man, they love the haters, this woman so fine, I give her cash payments Baby, I'm just so glued to the basics I wanted more room, so I copped the crib sitting adjacent uh, In this whole world, I'm Freddie Jason I'm sitting in the as a great, but never complacent Yeah, baby, I'm a stoner Yeah, I took that long walk up the hill that made me a loner Nah, baby, I don't like being humble I Hey, well, money gotta pay attention There's a the you, you know it. the money that was made could't be scared money I had no one to put up the bread for me it's hot on the block still milking change from it if it ain't about to guap, I stay away from it I ain't a stoner but I smoke a little bit relieve the stress when I roll up the spliff we've been the corners from whenever the wind spin the block then we at it again
3: This morning when I went out for coffee, the light hit this tree, oh my God, in such a beautiful way, and it lit up in orange. And I I wanted to tap everybody and be like, are you guys seeing this? Like, this is an amazing moment, and I know it's fleeting, right? That that light's gonna shift in a minute, but just in that moment, the orange that was illuminated by the sun hitting this tree that's changing, right, because it's autumn. Oh my God, I got chills just now. And it brought me such a feeling of like yeah peace and joy um and the simplicity of it you know i really did i wanted to tap people and be like hey like, don't lose this moment like this is You know, you're on your way to work, or I'm sure you have a hundred things on your mind, but can we just take a second and acknowledge that this is a perfect moment, you know? Um, At least I got to see it, and and, uh, now I get to share it. I think people might mistakenly see me as someone who is uh, aggressive or unapproachable. I've heard people tell me that. Growing up in Brooklyn, New York, and particularly during the time I grew up, which was a very dangerous place to live, I've acquired a facade of toughness and keeping a very straight face. I wear a mask when I step out the door, just as a survival technique, you know? I have to kind of portray a certain uh, facade that allows me to maneuver through this society, through these streets. If I had to wear a mask that really represented me, it would be a clown mask because I'm just like always <laughs> like looking for the silliness, the joke, the moment to, to, be, to, 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 to find something to uh, laugh at. Laughter is really the spice of life. when I took this apartment, the guy showed me the apartment and said, this is a really great place. The only problem is it's next door to a school and the kids let out two or three times a day and they're just laughing. They're just laughing all the time. And I thought, that's the biggest selling point of this apartment. Like, that's what you should have started with. I get to hear these children laugh twice a day, and what that does is it reminds me when I get bogged down with being an adult, when I get bogged down with this identity of, you know, having to be serious and mature, I recognize this shit is all ridiculous. And the kids remind me in their laughter that really that's where it's at. And I get to look at them run around and they, they're experiencing their body, they're experiencing this, this uh, mobile vehicle, this communication device, and they're trying it out. And they're, they're, you know, and the pure joy of just being in this physical, you know, like kids will run just to run. They're, they're not going anywhere. There's no destination, they're just running because they're like so happy to be in this, this body, you know? And they'll laugh and they'll shout, strictly to laugh and shout. So it's wonderful to have a daily reminder that that is really what life is. We all want to be those kids running around, laughing and shouting, and strictly for the joy of it. And I never ever want to lose contact with that, that innate joy, you know? to say that I feel incredibly grateful for this journey. It's been full of challenges, ups and downs, a lot of pain, a lot of bliss. It's really been the full ride. But uh, but yeah, there are absolutely things in my life that feel hurtful, that feel scary, that, um, that challenge my uh, sense of self, you know. think about um, relationship issues. I don't have a partner at the moment. That's always been a struggle with me. I don't feel like I've been able to um, find that one, you know, and I've been really um, hoping for that. Uh, and that plays into my insecurities and feelings of, um, as I get older, will I be alone? Often struggle with the idea of my self-worth uh, whether I feel good enough I think that comes largely from the way I was brought up for many years if you had asked me how I was raised I would say I was uh, I was uh, I was left to my own devices right I was I raised myself which was a soft way of me saying I was neglected and that neglect what that tell told me as a child was I wasn't worth Uh, the love, the attention, the guidance. And here I am, I turned 60 at the beginning of this month, and I'm still struggling with this idea of am I worthy? Am I worthy? I have to talk that voice down, you know? Um, And it's an ongoing thing. That's the primal question, isn't it? That is the question that we are all constantly asking ourselves, right? And whether we're doing it consciously or not. Who am I? I have these identities. I came into a family that was um, financially disadvantaged. Uh, with an African-American mom and an Irish-American dad who were both very young. There's a lot of addiction in my family, a lot of mental illness, a lot of unaddressed traumas. These things that I could put on paper as these are who I am. All those identities that, uh, that give me building blocks but aren't who I am, they're not who I am. What my body is, is a mobile communication device. I get to move around and communicate with the world through this thing, but it ain't me. This is this, is this vehicle that I'm uh, blessed enough to inhabit for, for, I'm borrowing, it's on lease, you know. Um, and it's, it's decaying sweetly over time, but it's not who I am. I feel worthy. I feel enough. Honestly, it's interestingly enough, it's when I'm alone and away from people. When I don't have what I perceive to be the judgment of other folks is when I feel my fullest worth. You know, uh, for my birthday, at the beginning of the month, I went away uh, and I had some time alone in the woods. When I step out the door here, I'm immediately seen as a man, as a black man, as an older black man. Immediately I'm put into a a category and I'm treated as such. And because I'm treated as such, I start to see myself as such. When I'm alone in the woods, those things don't apply. And I get to be my most authentic spirit self. left is worth. All that's left is this genuine um, gratitude for the fact that I have had this human experience. I had the blessing of being a teacher and I I worked with uh, mostly inner-city kids. Um, and and kids that came from backgrounds like mine, um, disadvantaged backgrounds, and often my speech to them would be, you know, you need to recognize that you're smarter than you think you are, you're more beautiful than you think you are, you're more intelligent than you think you are, you're more capable resilient and resourceful than you think you are, you're stronger than you think you are, like constantly reminding folks that, We live in a society, unfortunately, that beats us down and tries to kind of keep us in boxes. And I think if we can connect to our divine nature, we'll recognize that we're limitless. There is absolutely nothing that should be holding us back across the board. Race, gender, nationality, religion. The divinity is the the, uh, uniting energy that we all share. And I think reminding myself first so that I can go and remind others that that's really the core of where we're at. Hopefully when people connect with me, I'm able to convey to them that I see you, like I really see you. I'm seeing you away from the facade of your physical body I'm seeing you away from your gender, your sexual preference, your race, your religion. I know that you and I exactly want the same thing. We want to be happy, right? I've been really blessed to have the full range of experiences with people. I've had deep connections with people who are down and out, you know, on the so-called lowest rungs of society's ladder. And I've hung out with people that are famous. And um, there are, what we want is all the same. We're, you know, I, I really feel like every single human, from Donald Trump to, to Dalai Lama, basically want the same very simple things. We want to be loved. We want to feel secure. We want to feel healthy and good we want to be respected um, and we want to feel like our life has purpose really I think everybody wants that right how we get there sometimes unfortunately we get a bad playbook we get wrong information we deal with traumas and and so on so it comes out kind of sometimes unfortunately hurtful but really if you can look at every single person on those five principles i know that person wants to be loved i know they want to be heard and respected i know that they want to feel healthy and good you know i know that they want to feel like they have a purpose every single person has that If you are genuine, right? If you are honest and vulnerable, if you set, if you set that tone in any interaction, two things, I, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to really repel people because they can't get there with you, or you're going to have someone go, oh, I can drop this facade. I can, I can actually tell this person exactly what I'm feeling right now because they've, st- they've, they've set the bar there. And so I try that I try to have every meeting with this recognition that there is nothing that we cannot discuss, there's nothing that we can't be vulnerable about, there's nothing that's not worth a laugh. Um and I see you and I hope you see me. And so now we can connect. And we can talk about the 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 serious shit. We live in a very, very serious time, very dread time, explosive times. I'm not, I'm not denying that. And I've grown up in a very hard world. But, but if I meet you as my most genuine and authentic self, my truest God, joyful self, I I am inviting you to meet me at the same place. And I know you're there. I know you're there. You know? so we can get there together, I hope. If you can remember that your real purpose is to connect to everything and everyone, that's the most joyful existence you can have.
0: for watching
4: our film every story we've made is possible thanks to the support of our patrons and if you'd like to continue to support us to make stories that explore the infinite beauty of being human sign up on Patreon thanks Mm.
5: See, most of y'all the kids. You haven't lived yet. you still out here living the American mother f***ing dream. <laughs> but it's a real world out here in the mother world. You understand? And that's what's really important. That's why I'm on here, because I always try to give game. You know? I tell the each other, tell men when you go on a date and you go out to the club and you hold a conversation with a young lady, you buy that young lady a drink. That's for a time. These young niggas on social media talk about, fuck that nigga, fuck that bitch. Let her be thirsty. I'm like, nigga, who raised you? When you walk down the street with a woman, you walk on the outside to show that you respect her. These niggas like, let that bitch get hit by a car. I tell niggas, when you go on a flight, on a plane, a woman always supposed to sit by the window. You're supposed to sit on the outside to show that she's protected. These young niggas like nigga. I paid for a ticket too. One of our one look out the window. I'm like, who raised these motherfuckers? This shit has gotten the fuck out of hand. Social media has destroyed men being men. We can't have shivery anymore. I love a compliment a woman. That's what men do. I come from an era where we was players, nigga. We bought women drinks, we bought them cars, we bought them condos. These niggas don't do that no motherfucker more. (laughs) The men now are the new women. That's the way this shit is. (laughs) Men are looking for women to be taken care of. Ain't this shit crazy? These niggas don't even walk like men no motherfucker more. Back when I was day, a nigga had a stroll. A nigga was motherfucking walking. You know, these niggas don't even move their arms now. These niggas just walk like this and shit. You got some niggas holding arms. These niggas be walking down the street like this. I was coming out sunset. I pull up, a nigga, if you don't swing them motherfucking arms, because we got niggas out here slinging dick like they successful. You got niggas dicking bitches down like they got money in the bank. And you niggas know your financial situation is fucked up. But yet you still approach a bitch knowing you're about to destroy her life. Some of you niggas so fucked up, you'll bring a bitch over to your apartment and a lot of you niggas don't have a bedroom set. You have a mattress on the floor with a towel over the window, pretending that is a curtain. Nigga, who raised you? A lot of you niggas want to fuck all night, but a lot of you niggas don't even have snacks. (laughs) What nigga fucks all night and don't have snacks? (laughs) Bitches love snacks. When a girl get up and pee about 3.30 in the morning, she looks to your cabinets. She come back to the bedroom scratching the titties, honey, do you have any snacks? A lot of you guys like getting your dick sucked, but you have nappy hair on your balls. Nigga, take a picture of your balls. Would you suck your balls? Who raised you? A lot of you young men here over 35 years old, you don't have a car. A bitch picked you up tonight you got on the passenger side she locked the door she told you to put your seatbelt on nigga who
6: raised you yeah
4: can I count them all? I can count them all. I can count them all. I can I lost count of these blessings, yeah. Can I them all? Yeah, I can them all, yeah. I can I do it, ain't no stressing, Yeah, they can't get no sorrow yeah. They can't lost all of blessings, yeah. Can I count them all? Yeah, I can them all, yeah. I can I them do all? it, ain't no stressing They can't win no sorrow, yeah. They can't get no sorrow, yeah. They can't yes. with no sorrow. Shout out to my brothers that made it through the struggle Jumped out of the fire with no residue on us Ooh. Shout out to my brothers that was raised with our fathers Reversing all those curses, raising our sons
7: Begin this practice by letting yourself get extra cozy if that feels right to you. We recommend lying down, wrapped up in blankets, but if that's not possible for you right now, trust whatever feels best and know that you can't get this wrong. Lovingly close your eyes once you feel ready and begin to invite the breath to be extra soft and gentle. Letting belly be loose. Inviting shoulders to relax. And just allowing the breath to flow as freely as it wishes. Appreciating the beauty that is the breath. How on every in-breath we inhale oxygen and on every out-breath we contribute to the earth with carbon dioxide. What a remarkable cycle that connects us all. Feeling somehow some way the symbolic nature of how the same air that was breathed by your ancestors, somehow, some way, you are still connected to today. And just recognizing a sensation of interconnectivity between us all in the breath. Feeling the beauty in this world that we share. And how we can all access our connection to each other through the breath. And in doing so more deeply, feel our connection to ourself. As you continue to relax more deeply, you bring your awareness to the very top of your head and then invite your awareness to travel approximately 12 inches above your head. Feel wherever this may bring you, knowing you cannot get it wrong. And in this space, you begin to sense a glowing orb of soft purple light. In fact, for some of you, it may be brilliant, radiant, vivid, and dark. So trust the hue and shade of purple. Tune into the energy that exists there in that orb of light above your head. Sensing energy of transformation and potent change for your highest, greatest good and the highest, greatest good of all across all timelines. It's as if this energy has been wishing to reach you, wishing for you to say, yes, I'm ready. Feel within your body a sense of being ready for this miraculous, remarkable, positive change for your greatest good, and for the greatest good of the collective. And when you're ready, invite the energy to begin to funnel down through that orb of light as if it's opening up and pouring out endlessly, washing over your head and face flowing down through your neck and shoulders, down torso, arms, and hands, through the spine, down through the hips and pelvic floor, all the way down through the legs and soles of the feet, and where it begins to exit and travels out to an orb of light about 12 inches beneath the feet. From here it is gathered and cycled back up in 360 degrees all around you, creating a sphere of this light around you that funnels back in to the orb at the top, creating this perfect endless cycle of violet light traveling down through you and around you perpetually Cleansing, clearing, and shifting energy all around and within you, without you having to lift a finger. I will leave you for just a few moments to enjoy the sensation, remembering you are not alone. I'm still here with you, as is the violet light. You just get to enjoy this moment of stillness with you now. And I'll come back with more guidance shortly. Enjoy. As you feel the energy of allowing this orb of light to continue to travel through you you may begin to detach from realities you had claimed as your own even if it's not using the logical or practical mind it may just simply be a feeling perhaps a wish or a hope This is happening with assistance of your higher self for your greatest good. And your thinking mind need not get in the way or get involved. It works on your behalf regardless. All is well. You tap into these latent natural abilities now feeling them and you as one and the same. You and miracles, you and greatness are one and the same. You've been ready for this for quite some time. Relax and allow dear love. You are in the right place. Stay connected to this for as long as you wish. And whenever it is that you are ready to come out of this practice, imagine that this orb of violet light all around you continues to stay in place. And when you're ready, open your eyes gently to the world around you, staying connected to your miraculous sense of being. You perfect miracle you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you.
0: Yay! Don't lie to me, man. Did y'all catch those vibes? I mean, if it wasn't really on point, it was boring. It was really your style. Let me know. Drop it in the comment. Let me know. You know. Let me know if you really want to hear some other vibes, or if I'm if I'm hitting on the right thing. But this is about consciousness, man. Introduce you to some some more vibes. Open our mind up to other things that we're we we're, we're embracing. And bring out the best in us by healing the worst in us, okay? So this is what it's for. So uh, before you go, let's take a moment to uh, bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we come to you together to just say thank you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another journey. Thank you for another ups and downs. Without our, our, our ups and downs, without you, without life, we wouldn't be nothing, the trials and tribulations that we go through is meant to build us and strengthen us for better, for greater. And we must go through the darkness to understand the beauty of the light. So Father God we come to you just saying thank you. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you for being our shelter. Thank you for being our guidance. And thank you for being our voice. And it's time for our voice to be heard. So we pray that you put your anointings on each and every person. Listen to the sound of our voice. Listen to the sound of our frequency. We pray that you anoint the gift. We pray that you anoint the blessings that come in their way. And through the hardship, they learn the most valuable lesson is life. Because life be la- life in. So God, we just want to say thank you. When they come to complain, didn't come to ask, we just to say thank you thank you for your grace thank you for your mercy thank you for another day opportunity no matter what our situation is whether it's the worst of our situation whether it's the best of our situation we want to say thank you because we know that you have your hands over it all and we continue to say thank you we continue to be guided through the frequencies of the universe that you stored up on us And continue to heighten our senses by getting more in touch with our self, with our spiritual life, with you, and understanding of our journey. We just want to say thank you, and we just want to say thank you. In your holy name we pray, amen, amen, amen. I want to thank you for listening, especially if you made it this far. I just want to say thank you because, you know, sometimes we all... Get caught up in our life, and we get caught up on putting our putting our uh, uh, gifts out there. Make sure we get TikTok, Instagram, and all these platforms out there. Make sure we're being seen. But sometimes the ones that 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 uh, don't really be seen is the one that see you the most. So I just want to say thank you for tapping in, for vibing with me, for vibing with the family. Um, and we pray that we we have shared something that has touched you to reach you for the better. Okay. All right, so we got to go. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Y'all don't want to miss the next lady I got coming up. I got Miss Danny Washington coming up. So you don't want to miss her. Yeah, the one and only I foster care her- herself. Yeah, her. You don't want to miss it. Nah, nah, you don't want to miss it. So make sure you stay tuned. I'll see you there. And don't be square, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all. All yeah. alright go. Press the button. Get off. Press the button.